This is Agatha Brewer, and you're listening to the Intentional Solopreneur Podcast, the show about how to launch and grow a successful service-based business. In each episode, I show you how to build a business on purpose, one that lights you up, keeps you inspired, and helps you make a bigger impact on the world. I share both marketing strategy and my best mindset tips to help you get the clarity and confidence you need to succeed as a new business owner. Hi everyone, this is Agatha Brewer and you're listening to The Intentional Solopreneur. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by Camilla Offhelstrom. Camilla is a lawyer turned go-to SEO expert for service-based and software businesses. She has helped her clients get tens of thousands of monthly website visitors, quickly scale their SEO traffic to multiple six figures in sales and beyond, and get featured on top sites like Bloomberg and Fast Company. Welcome, Camilla. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Excited to have you. (laughs) In this episode, we're going to be talking about why SEO is so important to focus on as a new solopreneur. And Camilla will share some tips on how to get started as a new business owner. So first of all, I'd love it if you could just start out by telling my listeners a little bit about what you do and how you got started in this work. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. So basically, I got started like as an entrepreneur um, about six years ago, uh, but not like right now I have an agency, but back then I was actually freelancing. And so I had just, or about just then graduated law school. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And I, but I knew I wanted to start a business, but I couldn't quite like translate law into a business. And so I actually got started with content writing And content writing has like a lot to do with SEO or search engine optimization. Um, And that's kind of also what I, you know, how I got in contact with SEO and why I started learning more and more about SEO, uh, because, you know, I used it as a tool to stand out to my clients. And uh, that's really how I then like, you know, just started taking on more and more sort of SEO projects. And ultimately, you know, took on full projects. And just a few months ago, me and a long-term um, client of mine, Louisa Joe, who's also a well-known um, sort of profile in the online business world, we actually started uh, an agency. So that's what I'm working on full-time right now. Awesome. That's that's great to hear. Uh, and so I know what SEO is uh, because I also have a marketing background of, you know, been doing this for over 15 years now. So um, that's great. But I don't know if all of my listeners uh, totally under understand SEO. And even myself, it's a, it's a complicated topic. So uh, I think it would be good if we could start off by just defining what SEO is, um, and then kind of explain why it's so important to focus on even in the early stages of building a business. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally get it. Because that's something I see a lot of sort of in the online business space is that not enough people sort of understand SEO or use SEO. Um, I mean, I'm just saying that because it's such a good tool to sort of use to grow your business. Um, And so let's, so so we can kind of just start by defining it. So search engine optimization or SEO is sort of the act of optimizing your website for search engines like Google, or Google is the biggest search engine out there, right? And so you optimize your website so that when people search for uh, terms or keywords related to your services, they, you know, end up on your website if you've optimized it and you rank on Google. Um, and that's that's how you also get, you know, traffic from SEO and ultimately clients when, you know, you get enough people to your website, plus you have like, you're ranking for the right terms. Um, that's how you get clients from SEO. So that's kind of a SEO in a nutshell. And basically, um, the reason I'm saying like SEO is so important is because um, it's it's such a targeted marketing channel, basically. So you are um, really like getting people to your website who are searching for, you know, terms related to what you're offering. So like they're really interested in buying from you. 
Yeah, and that's what I've noticed recently. So like my website's only been around for, I don't know, two plus years, so not a long time. I mean, I had another website, but you know, what I've been focusing on the last two years is relatively new to the market. And um, I wasn't really doing SEO as like a strategy. I, I know about SEO, so I just kind of did it because I know about it a little bit, you know, because of my experience in, you know, in, in corporate. Um, but I've found that the clients that are coming to me now are coming to me through SEO, which is amazing because it wasn't even something I was like really trying to do, but I know of the best practices. So I have been optimizing like my blog posts, my, you know, podcast episodes, things like that. And things that where I've like guest posted where now when somebody like books a call with me, it's all coming through search, which is like you said, amazing because the people that come to you through search actually want to work with somebody like they're not just like um passively you know consuming content because they saw it on social media they actually are searching for your services so that's what i found when i've had calls with people that they find me through search they've already done some research they've already like are interested in a topic and then my sales call is super easy because they're actually interested in working with someone whereas before that was not happening at all. You know, it was like me trying to convince somebody to work with me, which is like not a great feeling and not what I want to be doing in my business. So I, I completely agree with you that if you can optimize your site for search or anything you do, really, um, that's where you want to be <laughs> because you, you want to be talking to those people, not the people who are just like bored and like clicking through whatever content. Exactly. Yeah. Plus, like when they come to your website from search, obviously, like you set the rules, you know, you set, like you write the content and whereas like contrast that to someone who's on social media, like mindlessly scrolling, maybe they see your post, but it's not really, you know, you don't get to set the rules. Like you're just one in a million basically. Uh, so that's also the difference. Yeah. And I've noticed that too. Like when you actually start, like I've, I've talked about this in other podcast episodes and I even just did a masterclass on it recently. Like when you can start, start controlling your own customer journey and your own buyer's journey with the content that you want to provide versus what they may find out there in some kind of like, um, not as controlled, uh, fashion, that's when like the magic starts happening because you can actually say, okay, now I want them to see this piece of content. Now that I want them to do this and that, so we won't get, go into that, but, um, thanks for the definition. So that's really helpful. So I know that you have uh, a three-step strategy, uh, for solopreneurs to optimize their SEO. Can you walk us through it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to caveat quickly before I kind of get into all of it um, that like who SEO is not for, because I do think it's like important to, you know, be aware of when in your business journey SEO comes in um, and the sort of I would not recommend SEO for people who are just starting out, who don't have a target audience because you're optimizing for set keywords. And if you're not optimizing for the right keywords, then, you know, you're optimizing for the wrong people. And if you don't know who your target audience is, then you kind of, you know, you build up your SEO. It's a long-term strategy. So it takes some time. And then, you know, you change your audience and you have to build it all again. So that's why I don't recommend SEO for completely new entrepreneurs, like you don't have to have a ton of clients, right? But, and, and you can have a relatively new website. It's just like, you have to be aware of who your audience is. Yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, you have to know your niche uh, and that's kind yeah. of like a backbone to anything you do in marketing for your business. So exactly, that, that exactly. Definitely one of the first things you need to be aware of and, yeah. and figure out before you do really any marketing that's if you want it to work you know you can yeah. do marketing but if you don't know who you're talking to then it's gonna be really tough yeah it's gonna be hard it's yeah. gonna be hard yeah so basically but you know with that sort of um cleared up let's jump into the three steps so the first one is really um using content and keywords in particular um to grow your uh seo so sort of to define that content means, you know, basically blog posts or mostly blog posts. Like you can also optimize obviously your web pages, like service pages and so forth, but the big mass of traffic will come from your blog posts. And um, for that, you need the right keywords. And basically um, the types of keywords you wanna use are keywords your clients would be searching for. Um, so they can both be sort of, you know, service keywords if you're selling a service or then, you know, related to your product if you're selling a product. But um, the 
yeah, so, so, so basically the, the keywords have to be something they're looking for in terms of that, let's say service. So if you're a health coach, as an example, um, then that keyword might be, you know, um, best health coach in New York City. Um, but then you also have like more informative keywords um, that, you know, relate to sort of the services you provide, for example, you know, how to get abs or, you know, best ab workouts or whatever that may be <laughs> as a health coach, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like just as a random example, but you get the gist of like, uh, what types of keywords you want to be using. Yeah. And so because I want to offer more value than the, even that. Um, so I'm familiar with with keywords a little bit. So yeah, like, you know, for me, it would be like business coach, you know, best business coach. Exactly. Or yeah. Something like that. But what I've uh, heard of uh, is something that's like even like long tail where it's like mm -hmm. even because basically when I look for those keywords, there's going to be a million people who are doing the same thing. Exactly. So how do you can you just go into a little bit, not too in depth about like the, the longer form uh, yeah. like phrases that actually work better for people with a smaller audience? Yeah, absolutely. So there are, as you say, like different types of keywords, um, you know, um, there are more competitive keywords and then there are easier or, you know, easier keywords to rank for. And you definitely, as an, if, if you're new to SEO, you definitely want to, you know, go for the easier to rank for keywords. And those, like first and foremost, the whole process is that you, you know, you can sort of do your keyword research in different ways. But if you're a total newbie, like the easiest way to get started is to go to your, you know, audience and your clients and, and sort of ask them, um, you know, you just through your market research to get some ideas what they might be looking for, right? Um, so that's one way. Then you can also just do online research and see what people are talking about in like online forums, like Facebook groups or um, Reddit or, you know, whatever online forums that are out there or books and so forth um, to see what terminology there is. And the second step is to use a keyword tool um, there are several out there. Some of them are paid. Um, but for example, Google Keyword Planner is one that's relatively easy to use. And, you know, it's Google's own tool. So you get like good data from it. Um, and there you see like how many people are searching for a keyword, um, you know, all that kind of information that's important for choosing the right keyword. The next step uh, for understanding what types of keywords are competitive or not so competitive is to just search for that keyword in Google and see how many, you know, bigger websites rank for the keyword. So if all search, um, if, if the whole sort of first page is full of, you know, New York Times, um, Forbes, these types of websites, then it's going to be relatively hard to rank for that keyword. So you want to go for um, sort of a keyword that's you know, has a few um, or includes a few results where the website isn't as big as those websites, right? And usually the types of keywords that are easier to rank for are keywords that are, you know, on the longer side. So um, just to kind of uh, explain that terminology. So, you know, long tail keywords means that it's a keyword that's more than sort of three words long. Um, so it would be, you know, for example, um, how to find a business coach um, instead of find, you know, or business coaching New York, something like that. And so basically, you you might want to focus more on long tail keywords in the beginning. However, there definitely are shorter keywords that you can use, um, that you can also use you know, to, uh, you just need to do this research to understand which ones are competitive and which ones are less competitive. Yeah, I'm glad you went into that. So that's, that's what I, where I was going with that. Yeah, because I know that, exactly. you know, some of the people that I work with, they don't necessarily have an audience or it's, it's smaller. So it's harder for them to, you know, compete with these people who can, you know, uh, optimize for the bigger terms and have more content on their site already built out and, and things like that, uh, because there's more to it than just, you know, looking at the keywords, there's how Google ranks you. And I know that's, you know, a complicated algorithm we won't go into, but, you know, uh, there's multiple pieces to it um, outside of just the terms themselves. But I, I'm glad that you mentioned those tools because that's an easy way to, 
um, find the information that otherwise you, you would be kind of trying to figure out on your own. But if you can see, you know, the, the popularity of a search term and see if it actually makes sense for you to go after it, then, then that's really helpful, valuable information. And I also know that some of them are paid so that, uh, stops some people, but the one that you recommended is, is good. So, um, what else is there? <laughs> yeah. And, and I just want to say about the paid tools and, you know, free tools that you can absolutely like when you're starting out, it's enough, you know, to go with the free tools and just do this research to find those less competitive keywords. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so that's, um, sort of in terms of keywords, I also just want to mention that, um, you do want to mix, um, you know, you, you do want to mix sort of um, service keywords. So, you know, find a health coach, find a business coach, and then also these more informative keywords, um, you know, which would be like build an online business or, you know, those types of keywords um, if you're looking for a business coach. Yeah. So for me, just an example, like, so one of my top blog posts, which, you know, I, like I said, I didn't even really try that hard because I know enough about it to be able to write the descriptions. And I have a plugin that I use in in WordPress where I built my site that helps me with SEO. Like one of mine is about like the fear of failure, because that's a topical type of term that the people that I work with are trying to possibly get over when they're launching their business or even after they've launched their business, they still like deal with that maybe a little bit of imposter syndrome or just, you know, the fear of being a business owner and putting yourself out there and that kind of thing. So that's one of like the most, uh, I know that because I look at my analytics and I am a nerd and data nerd and that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, that's like one of those terms versus something where like, you're just going after, like, I also have something around, um, you know, building an online business too. So that's a different topic uh, versus just saying like best business coaches in Atlanta, for example, for me. Uh, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's just an example of that. Yeah, and a good example, I think, because that, you know, you, you can be quite creative in finding those topics. And as you say, like, look at what your customers or clients pain points are, because those are things they're looking for, you know, on Google or searching for answers to. Um, so that's a good example of like how to find those keywords, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, but this sort of that's the first step in terms of, you know, then you obviously like create content around like you were explaining, like you have a blog post on this topic. So you create content on that topic, like that keyword you find, you create like what we call long form content, meaning like it's very valuable. It's very like value driven content. Um, And that's, you know, very key also for building trust with your readers and people who come to your website um, so that they take that next step of like contacting you and, you know, getting on a sales call or whatever that looks like for you, getting on your email list. Um, So basically uh, there, you know, you can, I know not everyone's like a writer and not everyone loves to write, you know? Uh, So that's also something that I've noticed keeps a lot of people back, but like a good, good way of overcoming that is really to, for example, just like sort of do the same thing as you would, like if you would record a YouTube video or a podcast or something and just talk it out then you can use, you know, a transcription service and transcribe it and just edit it into a blog post. Like that's an easy way to get started. Yeah. And for me, what I found helpful, because I also like, even though, you know, I've worked in marketing for so long, I didn't have any actual training when it came to writing. It was just something I kind of learned over time doing because you write so much copy and marketing. Uh, But for me, it it wasn't even, I could get my ideas down on paper, but it was like the grammar part of things where I got like scared and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here because I never really took like one English class in college. That was it. Uh, But there's a tool called Grammarly.com like where it can totally make your writing so much better, more succinct, more to the point. And uh, like there are ways to help you out that you may not be aware of until you start doing it. And like, that really helped me because now I feel more confident and yeah, it might not be exactly how I would say it, but, uh, it helps. And I, you know, it get, gets rid of like unnecessary words and, and things like that. And it does make me sound better than I can actually like normally write. So, um, exactly. Yeah. Grammarly. I love Grammarly too. I use it a lot and yeah, it's a helpful tool. One other, like one more tool that might be helpful, especially for WordPress users is Yoast. Uh, that's what Yoast. I use. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so yeah. popular. And, and that's a tool that helps you also 
optimize your content, like your blog posts. So um, that's called on-page optimization, which means that you, you know, you need to include your keyword a certain number of times in your content. You need to write out what's called a meta description. So just a description that pops up in, you know, Google's sort of rankings when you search for something and, you know, all those kinds of elements, which you get a really good list of in Yoast to understand like what you need to optimize on a certain web page. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I use. And I think it's super helpful because first of all, like if you don't have a marketing background, then you might not even understand what these things are, but it really walks you through it. So it's like, it's like a beginner's tool, I think, but is has the power of of something even more advanced. And it ranks like it'll show you like green, orange or red in terms of like, are you good? Can you publish this or do you need more help? And it'll actually say, what are the things that you need to actually continue to optimize in order to get to the green level where you where it's basically saying, OK, now you're good, you know, uh, so that's really helpful. And not everyone, everything that I've done has been at the green level. It's because there's other factors, you know, maybe I don't have enough words on the page because it's a specific type of thing that I'm doing, but I'm aware of that at least. And so I know that I can, you know, make it better later on. Uh, but regardless, I've still gotten more people to my website, even if it hasn't been perfect. So I think that's helpful to know as a beginner that it doesn't even have to be perfect you're still gonna be doing more than if you hadn't optimized so yeah I'm glad you said that because I think that's also something that keeps so many people back is that they're like oh I didn't get every you know score green but it's like no it doesn't really matter that much I mean obviously you want to aim for the green but yeah. it's also like the tool isn't tailored to every page and every keyword right yeah. some keywords just don't need as much content as others um, so you don't need to have a perfect score, but just like try uh, to get it to green and that's enough. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I aim for too, to just go in that direction and, you know, go as far as I need to and continue to optimize too later on if I want to. Yeah, exactly. And the tool is, as you say, also very practical because it gives you information. Like you can even click through to like information about what it is you need to optimize and why, you know, so it's very easy to use basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's it in terms of like content. Um, I think the easiest way for you to is to look at Yoast recommendations rather than us going into like the specific, you know, uh, number of times you need to use a keyword and so forth, because it's so like specific for each keyword as well. Like on a general level, I usually say four times in a blog post that's like around, you know, um, 2000 words long. You want to use your keyword like four times throughout the post. Um, but that's also a very general recommendation. Like it totally depends on your keyword um, and so forth. Um, but yeah, you, you do want to, you know, use a title that's enticing for searchers. So a good like pro tip is to go to search, you, you know, the key or search for the keyword you're, you're trying to optimize for and just look through the results to see what types of, um, you know, titles those results are using. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Not one we always do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like you want like an actionable title and something that maybe says like four tips to X, Y, and Z, or, you know, something that adds a little bit of interest or um, talks to the results of what you're going to get out of reading this. And yeah, th those are definitely good tips. <laughs> exactly. And use your keyword in your title as well. Uh, like put it in there basically, but yeah, make it actionable, make it like enticing yeah. sort of answer the searchers curious or answer what they're looking for yeah i was i wasn't sure if we were going to go into that but that's like search intent so if you're yes uh, <laughs> basically and that was really good for me to learn because i've you know done my own learning around this topic and i've watched some classes on it but basically if your blog and that's why long form content is important but if your blog post can actually answer the full question that somebody types into search then you're going to rank higher and i wasn't fully aware of that it could be, it, it's common sense obviously but if you can write content that's a little bit longer but it actually solves the person's problem or gets them like a step closer to solving their problem then you're doing better than a lot of other I've seen some blog posts that that are just like way too short and I'm like, come on, like that, you wasted my time here, you know, and you don't want to do that. And then the other thing that you mentioned too, that was interesting is like the putting the keyword in four times. Cause I've also seen people 
write blogs where it's very clear they're just keyword stuffing and they're just trying to put the keyword in as many times as possible. And that's like, you can't even read that first of all, but it's as a marketer, it's obvious when somebody's doing that and where they're using terms that like don't even make sense or kind of like it feels forced. And so it still needs to be a, a balance, I think, between um, the keywords you're using and actually writing the way a natural person would write. <laughs> exactly. And that's a really good point um, to make as well, you know, um, that you don't definitely don't want to stuff with your keyword. Um, and you can use even like synonyms uh, throughout the post, you know, because Google is very like a very advanced search engine. So it'll understand, you know, if you use a synonym, it's even like recommended to use synonyms and related um, keywords. Um, so use, you know, keywords that are related to the keyword you're trying to rank for. Um, and, and that's a good way to, you know, to kind of give context to Google's algorithms when they're understanding your content. So that's like a good way to think about it is that you want to, you know, write um, to your reader, like it, it can't sound like a machine has, you know, written it and you just stuff it with keywords. You also want to think about how Google's how Google basically understands your content. And that is, you know, that you give it enough context with your keywords, with your related keywords. Um, and as you say, search intent here is also so important. So just, you know, understanding why someone would search for a certain keyword and answering their questions in terms of that keyword. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and, and one more thing about content I think is worth mentioning is there are so many things you can do to um, sort of improve the conversions of your content, even at the sort of writing, um, you know, level. So that means, for example, if you're on YouTube, you might like include your YouTube videos. Um, if you're have a podcast, it could mean, you know, including the audio, things like that, that really like increase the engagement, because when you increase the engagement, you, you optimize for conversions, you also optimize for rankings, because Google likes it when your content is engaging, because, you know, then people continue to come to Google to search for things if they get a good experience, basically. Um, so that's also something to think about when you write your content. Um, and lastly, to also include you know, proof. So for example, testimonials, client, you know, stories, your own story, all those kinds of things um, help also to just build trust from the start. Because you also want to remember that pe when people are coming to your website from Google, they are what we call, you know, a cold audience. Like they don't know you, probably don't know your brand, especially if you're like on the newer side. Um, so they're, not yet trusting you and you need to like earn that trust with for example these elements so immediately you know proving look like I have all this content like it's really good I'm helping you you know solve your problem and here's how I helped someone else you know with this exact same problem and his, here, here are the results essentially. Yeah, that's a really good point. So that's something actually I talked about in my master class too. Um, it's called no like and trust factor. It's a term that Bob Berg uh, coined in his book, Endless Referrals. And it's basically, uh, like you said, if somebody lands on your website and they don't know who you are, then you have to quickly build trust. And a lot of people forget to do that and they just create content. And then they wonder why nobody's like signing up for anything further, you know, or clicking on their call to action because you haven't put the testimonials or you haven't put your, you know, for me, I, I mentioned the fact that, you know, I have marketing experience and I list the amount of years and I do that on purpose because I want the people who come to my site to know that pretty quickly. Or even on my blog posts, like you said, I, I like that I mentioned a little, little bit about my story because that number one, it helps connect people to you. Uh, and like learn a little bit about you and, and start to trust you. But then it also, I, it's kind of like name dropping a little bit. Like I'm not dropping names, but I'm dropping my experience a little bit so that people like trust me and, and realize that, you know, I'm not just making this up. Like I actually have a lot of marketing experience even before I became a coach. Um, so that's really valuable. And I think people forget to do that. And also they're kind of the people that I've worked with are kind of afraid of like putting their own credentials in because they don't necessarily wrap the he their 
head around the fact that they are an expert because most of them have come from corporate or they have come from some other career and they don't really look at themselves that way until they like work with enough people and do realize, oh yeah, I am an expert at this. So I think that's like the biggest shift they have to make when they're first starting is like owning it, you know, owning the experience that they have and actually using that in their content. So great to... Yeah, and that's a great point. Like what I've also noticed keeps people back is really like that sort of imposter syndrome, you know, not like thinking that you're an expert, but of course you are, you know, you're helping clients, like you're getting paid for it. So of course you're an expert and people love to, you know, would love to read your content about like whatever it, it is you're help, you know, solving for them um, or helping them solve. And of course, to your point there, you don't want to like ramble about your story but keep it quite short you know like if they come to your website to you know understand how to for example the example you gave like uh overcome their fear um for example a failure then obviously you don't want to like you know it's not about you but you do want to still like just inject a bit of your story yeah i mean in that you would like uh, personalize it based on whatever you're talking about. So there, I would probably say, you know, I also had this fear of failure and this is how I overcame it, you know, something like that. So it, it's, you don't want to be seen as bragging either because I've seen some sites like that and I'm like immediately turned off and I'm sure other people are too. So that's, that's also a good tip. <laughs> Absolutely. It has to be like context specific and, you know, relevant to that, whatever you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I just wanted to ask if you had any other uh, things to go through before I ask the next question. <laughs> no, I think that was it in terms of content. Okay, super. All right, so we've covered content. What else is there in terms of strategy? Yeah, so the second um, sort of step in your SEO strategy is what what is called link building. So building links from external websites to your website. So just a you know random example, if Forbes.com would link to your website, you have a backlink and a good one too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so you know just a random example. But like that for example would be a very good backlink because it's so relevant to your website and like it's in your industry and it's a very like um, authoritative website. So, you know, New York Times, Forbes, like just these very big websites, like amazing backlinks, essentially. And what those backlinks do is they show Google um, that, you know, that they trust your website. And so Google trusts your website more and ra probably ranks then, your, you know, if your content is good, you're using the right keywords, then, you know, it probably ranks you, you know, for your sort of target keywords. On the first page. Okay, so how do you get one of these backlinks? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a process for sure. <laughs> and the best way or sort of the easiest way to get started is to um, either use guest posting or podcasting. Those are like sort of easy, you know, entry level uh, backlink strategies that I always recommend to people who are just starting out because they also obviously help you, you know, um, sort of just build your cloud, like even get clients, you know, when you guest post on a website or podcast and other people sort of outside of SEO listen or read your, your content. Um, so those are really good strategies. Then there is one website I do want to mention, which is Help a Reporter Out, Haro. Um, the website is helpareporter.com, I believe. And that one is like their journalists and bloggers are looking for story sources. So they're writing a piece and they need a source for their piece. And uh, basically you then, you know, you get a newsletter three times a day and you pitch whatever story they're, I mean, relevant to what you're selling, right? Like your business. So um, in your case, maybe like the query is, you know, uh, we need a female entrepreneur to give us tips on how to build a business. And then you, you know, pitch them. And if your pitch goes through or like they accept it, then you get a link in, you know, whatever website, whatever website they're writing for, basically. Yeah, I like that one. I, I haven't done it in a while, but when I first uh, looked it up, I remember the thing that I had to, first of all, for me, there weren't a lot of like, um, 
I didn't find, at least at the time, this was a while ago, so it may have changed, but uh, I didn't find that there were a lot of topics that they wanted somebody like me to, to speak to, but that may have changed. This was probably like two years ago. But I do also remember that you had to like act quick because <laughs> it's you're working with somebody like a journalist or somebody who has like a deadline. So I would just add that little uh, caveat to, the, to that tip, but, but it is really great because if you were to get um, quoted in something that can like instantly boost your authority so especially if it's like a bigger publication so um, exactly check it out especially if it's like a it's it's worth looking into regardless um to just see you know whether they have like the articles that are relevant to what you do yeah and that's a really good point that you want to act fast so even though you know they come three times a day you don't necessarily need to act every time you know yeah, yeah. but rather let's say on one newsletter a day and it just takes like 10 to 15 minutes I would say to write most answers because they also they shouldn't be very long like we're talking about a paragraph you know a snippet yeah. and so it takes like 10 minutes to write so it's relatively easy for you know because like websites like Bloomberg and Forbes and Business Insider are looking for, you know, story sources there. So I actually just recently uh, landed like a feature in Business Insider for a client through Haro, you know, because those types of journalists are looking for story sources there. And so it's, you know, relatively, you know, low effort for that. Yeah. And that's a big deal. Like that's not a small <laughs> publication. Yeah. So, so it is worth the effort. And I'll go back to what you said about podcasting. Like since I've launched my podcast, it's opened so many doors for me. And I'd like the, I've, I don't even really have to like ask for guests anymore. People just reach out to me, which is amazing because I thought I was going to have to be like, okay, this month, let me see who I can get, you know? And now it's, it's just like kind of happens where people just start reaching out to me. They want to be on my podcast. And also like I, it's way easier for me to pitch myself to be on other bigger podcasts. So like, that's even more of a benefit to me where like, you know, I can get in front of a bigger audience or I can write an article, like a guest post kind of thing or be featured on other things. So it's like not even just the podcast itself, but there's so many other benefits of creating content for my website. So I have like a monthly podcast that goes out. And if you were to do it even more frequently, then you'd have a weekly episode or something like that, which, you know, depends on your bandwidth and your like time. But uh, yeah, so it, it, it adds to my website, but it also then opens doors, which, uh, you know, I wasn't, I kind of expected that a little bit, but not as much as it has actually done that for me. And the fact that I've done so many episodes, like now it's so easy to be like, hey, listen to my episodes if you want to see what I'm like as a guest or something like that, where it's building this like content library for me and I can easily pitch myself now, whereas before I was not seen as any kind of expert because I didn't have like any kind of platform like a podcast. So yeah, definitely something worth doing. It takes some effort, I would say, to, to build a podcast on your own, um, but it opens a lot of doors. <laughs> Absolutely. So all of this is, you know, PR. So basically you're at the same time as you're building your SEO, you're also building your, you know, just your general authority in, in your industry. Mm -hmm. So it all kind of, you know, snowballs and, and kind of builds up to that. Yeah. And I would say if you do something like that, or even a blog post, like give it time, because in the beginning you're, it may be difficult to see like some kind of result, but I've seen my podcast like go straight line up and, you know, some months maybe not as perfect as I would want, but it, it, it is something content in general is something that compounds over time. And we don't see that in the very beginning. We think, oh, I did like one post or I did this guest blog and like it didn't feel like much, you know, changed. But over time, you build even more and more. And that's why I think, you know, my website is now ranking, whereas before it was tough. <laughs> so yeah, you got to have patience, basically. Exactly. And I love that you mentioned that because it goes to a point that SEO is a long term strategy. So it's not like you're going to put out a blog post today and you'll rank tomorrow. You know, that just yeah. doesn't happen. Like it takes time to build your backlinks, build your authority, you know, build content because you also need to publish content to build like your, you know, authority in Google's eyes. Like Google has to understand, oh, you're actually an expert on this one topic, you know, in your industry. Um, and that means you need to, you know, publish a few more blog posts just to like build that up. And so it'll usually take anywhere, you know, from three months to six months to even longer to build up your SEO, depending a bit like on how fast you're building backlinks and all of these kind of, kinds of things. Uh, but as we were just, you know, talking about like 
just you doing, taking that action to guest post or podcast or whatever it is, taking that action also means you're building your overall business. So it all kind of, you know, go, it all kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, cool. So I think we come to the third step uh, in the strategy. And that is something I wanted to include because I do notice so many people like leave it out or overlook it. And that is conversions or optimizing your conversions on your, you know, website. Um, Of course, like on your service page, you probably have like a button that says, you know, book a call or whatever. But usually on on most blogs I see, um, there's maybe like one, you know, opt in for my newsletter at the end of the blog post. And that's just not enough in today's world, Um, especially because people might be interested in like what you're talking about, but just don't have the time to thoroughly, you know, read your entire post. Like they might skim and that's it. And so you want to really include more opt-in forms, meaning, you know, the forms people are um, sort of inserting their email to get on your, your newsletter or then, you know, your call, you know, book a call with me kind of button. And a few times throughout your blog posts, I would say like, maybe three times, have like a, even a pop-up button, you know, pop-up opt-in form, stuff like that, just to like really show that you have something to offer. Yeah, I think that's a great tip because I see it so often with people that I work with where they're like, oh, I feel scared to ask them for something, even though I provided all this great value, or they just don't realize that like what a CTA is even. And they're like, I don't, you know, they don't think it through as to why they're creating this blog in the first place. Like, I think once you understand like this whole concept of a customer journey, then you understand, okay, I need a call to action at the end of every blog post, at least, or like you said, throughout, because yes, people do skim. We, we, <laughs> so this is something that you have to realize when you're an online business owner, a lot of times people are like reading your content while they're sitting on the couch and watching a movie with their husband. And like, they're looking at their phone, like this is not ideal, but this is the scenario, this is real life, you know, or they're like, you know, on a break from something else scrolling. And in order for you to like get them to the next step, like you said, you have to have more than one call to action because it needs to bring them somewhere and there, there needs to be like a journey that they go on. And people are so, uh, at least most people that I know, there may be some people that, you know, interact in a normal way, like we used to 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but most people I think today are distracted. So to even get them to read any part of your post is already a win, you know? Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I've even like, so the last client that I worked with, like she told me she barely read my sales page, which is like, kind of sad but also like basically whatever i wrote must have been great because she worked i know that she worked uh, talked to other people and she ended up you know working with me uh but it's also sad because it's like she didn't even get half of the content that i created but it is the truth that is how we consume content so you have to be aware of that when you're creating content Exactly. And, and, you know, to your point, like she came from search and so she knew what she was looking for. Like she just needed a few like points, like, you know, so that may have helped because whatever she landed on beforehand probably did the, like the selling for her so that when she got to my site, she didn't really need a whole lot, you know? Uh, so, you know, but regardless, like you said, people skim. So be careful or, or be mindful about the way you use headlines, like summarize your content, do key points, like, like you said, do the things that make it more interactive, and then you'll hopefully help people consume it faster and easier. Exactly, yeah. And I think um, what you kind of mentioned there or touched upon there is that people feel like it's annoying to add, you know, these opt-in forms, but actually it's not. Like, when you go I at least rarely when I go to a new website and I see like an opt-in form, like I'm not annoyed, you know, if I'm interested, I'll opt in, but I'm not annoyed by that opt-in form. Um, so, so that's also something to keep in mind. Like it's not annoying. You're actually helping people who come, who want this information. Yeah. The only person it's actually annoying is the person who doesn't really want to be there and you don't want them on your site anyway. So yeah, exactly. Like, especially the one that comes to mind is the pop-up form, because that is kind of like, it's meant to be a little bit annoying and in your face, but the conversion rate on those forms is actually proves the fact that people do want to sign up to your email newsletter. They do want to take the next step. And so, you know, you have to 
be aware of that too and realize that yes it is meant to be a little bit annoying because it's going right in your face you know it's like an interstitial or whatever they're called but like um that pop-up form actually works <laughs> you know that's exactly why people use it <laughs> exactly and you can make it you know less annoying by not making it for example hard to you know click Get away out, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> like if it's easy to click away I don't want it like fine you know yeah. then it's not as annoying basically yeah so so but that's like a really important point I do I did want to mention because you know it's something people often overlook obviously like the the whole point of like growing your SEO traffic is to grow your audience so like you lose out on so much so so many people like just so many sales by not including those opt-in forms yeah it's basically like you're closing the loop like if you forget that piece then uh, people may like your content and continue to consume your content, but they don't necessarily become a client. And that's what you're after. You're after the client. So um, great tip. Exactly. Because you do want to like build out, continue building that relationship, for example, with your newsletter, like you uh, mentioned in your podcast episode, we can probably link to, you know, just to like give more context in terms of newsletters and how to do email marketing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <We'll> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so, so those are my three strategies um, to grow your SEO. Awesome. Those are great strategies. <laughs> and thank you for like uh, making it a little bit easier to understand because I know it's, it's not an easy topic to talk about if you don't have the awareness of it. Um, so I think that was super valuable, but I wanted to just close out the episode with maybe one or two mistakes that you see new business makers, ah, new business owners making, uh, in their SEO and what they can do to fix them. Exactly. So I think this, these two sort of mistakes, um, relate back to what we are talking about a bit. Um, so first of all, you know, a lot what I see a lot is that people just um, or you know online business owners kind of like put up you know uh, or embed let's say a YouTube video on their content or in their blog posts and that's it like no text nothing um, or you know link to a podcast but nothing else and those like that's just not enough you also have to provide you know both context for google google isn't great at like understanding video or audio content so you do need to you know just in include some text but also just for the reader um, or visitor journey like you or experience you know you do want to some people like to consume uh, video some people like to consume audio and some people like to read so you want to like provide both um, to really make your blog post stand out yeah and it, that's something I've kind of learned as a business owner myself that I have to be like aware of I mean even people with disabilities you know they they like to consume content in a certain way and I wasn't totally I mean I was aware of it but I didn't really think that about that until I started you know my podcast for example and now I do try to do things that make it easier for people to consume content the way they want to consume content, which makes it hopefully convert better because they, you know, I'm actually catering to somebody who wants to maybe read a summary, you know, on my show notes page before they click to the podcast or things like that. And like, exactly. I, I know you're probably mentioning like a transcript, for example, and I don't necessarily do that. Maybe it's something I should do uh, to add more content. Uh, I, you know, I summarize and I have some key points. So I'm like, maybe step one, maybe step two better would be, you know, providing the full episode, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, or a blog post, like blog post text, you know, based on that transcript kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then the second one, sort of mistake I do want to mention is um, when, you know, in terms of keywords, something people think, usually think is that, the more traffic, the better, but it's actually not the case often, you know, if you optimize for a very like general, like, let's say in your case, it would be like, you'd optimize for the keyword business. Mm -hmm. Like that's such a general, you know, generic keyword, like you'll get everyone and anyone uh, worse versus like, if you optimize for, you know, whatever, find a business coach or whatever that looks like, it's much more targeted or a business coach for women, you know, stuff like uh, keywords like that. Um, it's much more targeted. You definitely like you get your target audience to your website. It's much easier to convert. And usually those keywords are easier to rank for. 
Yeah, that's a super tip. And I just laughed because I've run some ads before. And um, yeah, you're very right that it doesn't matter like the number of people. It matters whether they convert because I could run an ad and, you know, have a thousand people visit my site. But if they don't actually click on what I want them to click on and then continue their journey, then I'm just wasting money. And that's very easy to do with something like ads. So uh, but also relevant to SEO as well. Uh, So you definitely a great tip. Yeah, exactly. So when you're looking, you know, when you go into Google Keyword Planner and, you know, find your keywords and there you also get like traffic numbers, you don't want to necessarily look for those, you know, thousands and millions of page views, but rather, you know, smaller, even like 10 to 100, because if you get like just a few people to your website who are the right audience, you know, at some point you will convert those people. So yeah, definitely. That's awesome. So I like how you made it um, accessible to new business owners. And I think there's actually some benefit of being somebody who's new in business where you can actually make a difference with these longer uh, search terms and things like that, where, you know, if you were, you know, Marie Forleo, then you would be competing with the big, big guns and it might be harder potentially. Um, so this has been super helpful, uh, even for me, (laughs) I'm glad (laughs) and I'm going to use some of your tips. Awesome. I just would love to know, uh, where people can find out more about you and the work that you do. Yeah, absolutely. So my agency, which I co-founded, you can find me on salstrom.com. However, me and my business partner, Luisa, we have, um, created a course which is, uh, you know, the sort of first step. So like for uh, solopreneurs, smaller teams, and that one you can find on luisajoe.com slash automatic. Um, So L-U-I-S-A-Z-H-O-U.com automatic. Awesome. I'll put that on the show notes page. Awesome. People can find it. (laughs) And I think I would definitely recommend if you are new to the world of SEO to take that course, because it is something that has some um, terminology and some nuances to it. And if you don't, if you're not aware of those things that you can feel a little bit lost as far as what you should be doing. And, And even listening to this episode, there were a couple terms that we threw out there that, you know, it would be helpful if, if you're doing this on your own, or if you're a, even a small team, uh, it's helpful to have advice from the actual experts. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And any questions, you know, about terminology or anything, just, you know, shoot me an email at camilla at Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, this has been super fun and super informative. And I just wanted to thank you again for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Solopreneur. I hope you're getting some good information and some inspiration to help you grow your business. If you like what you've heard and you want the support of a business coach, come on over to agathabrewer.com and schedule a free consultation with me. In this call, we'll talk about your goals for your business and see if it makes sense for us to work together. My one-on-one coaching program is specifically built to help new entrepreneurs like you launch and grow a successful business. This program will help you get clarity on what you want to build, create a strategic plan of action, and identify and release any mindset blocks that are standing in your way. Because building a business shouldn't be so hard. And with my support, you'll reach your goals way faster than if you try to do it all alone. So I invite you to give yourself the gift of personalized support so you can build your dream business that allows you to live the life you want and make a bigger impact on the world.